Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there, to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children would tell me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I could deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother, who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no, and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. 
What do you want from us? B. L. O. O. D. Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder, and suddenly, it launched itself at me. To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean what? What the you want? <laughs> Hello, man. Oh my God, Toby! <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own. Hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed out the ambulance coming our way and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house and we heard a woman's shrill cry. Oh God, my son, my poor Liam. Oh God, I want him back. I want him back, please. We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them. Excuse me, what happened here? 
Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, the seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him then? Well, Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door to door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hon? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. A boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween, and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled, Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bedsheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. 
a chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bangs had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than our mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... Anyway, I, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest, I think. Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh... It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you going to do then, huh? The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. <laughs> Looks good on you. I was going to say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun. My friend took me by the hand, and together we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me! Oh. 
Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one... Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds. Until suddenly, they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were gonna open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so. Come on! Don't you want to dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people. What's wrong? I think there is a child at the party. A child? <laughs> In the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. Uh, Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso. Uh, Emma! Uh, Billy, come here! My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I... I don't know. What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants' pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I, I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius! It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. Adam. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you! Is, it, is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police! The police? What for? Forget that, I need you! Let's go for my candy together. My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma. But that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story... I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there, to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children would tell me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I could deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. 
My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother, who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. What do you want from us? B... L... O... O... D... Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder and suddenly it launched itself at me. To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean blood? What do you want? Hello, man. Oh my gosh, Tommy! <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing.
It's free, and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own. Hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed at the ambulance coming our way, and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house, and we heard a woman's shrill cry. Oh, God, my son, my poor Liam. Oh, God, I want him back. I want him back, please. We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them. Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, a seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement, but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him, then? Well, Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it, and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door to door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hon? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads, except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly, a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. 
a boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled, Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bedsheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bangs had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, 
Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than her mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... Anyway, I, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest, I think. Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh... It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you going to do then, huh? The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. <laughs> Looks good on you. I was going to say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun. My friend took me by the hand, and together, we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me! Oh. Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one... <laughs> Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds. Until suddenly, they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were going to open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so, come on! Don't you want to dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with was quite fun until I saw that person again the broken doll was now inside the house separated from the other people what's wrong I think there is a child at the party a child <laughs> in the blink of an eye my friend's expression changed to one of fear uh, Emma when she fell to the ground I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso uh, Emma uh, Billy come here my friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I... I don't know! What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants' pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I, I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius! It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? 
What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you! Is, it, is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police! The police? What for? Forget that! I need you! Let's go for my candy together! My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma. But that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. When I was nine, my parents made me work for my food. They said I was eating too much that they had to take another mortgage on the house. When I graduated middle school, they told me I had to start paying rent. Because like they said, tuition was expensive and I needed to pay them back for it. We weren't even poor. My stepmom was loaded. They put me to work in my uncle's bricklaying business. Not exactly a light job for a tiny teenager. But I did it anyway. I just wanted to make money. And every time I did, I would keep some for myself. My name's James, and I'm just a regular dude trying to get through high school. I planned to use what money I had saved up to get freedom as soon as I graduated. I wanted to move out of my stepmom and dad's house, so they could no longer tell me what to do. The problem was, I didn't account for life happening, and all the random problems and opportunities it can bring. It all started when we were on a class trip to some modern art museum. The only reason we were able to go to such a fancy place was because one of our classmates' dad owned it. Unfortunately, while the class was leaving, I saw Jonas trip over the carpet and slam into one of the pillars that held a very expensive-looking glass. <laughs> I would have laughed. See, Jonas was a bit of a rival of mine. We've always gone after the same girls. I always wanted to be cooler than the other. And seeing my rival do a tumble would have been hilarious. Only that I saw the vase tumbling down with him, and I knew we'd all be in trouble. I tried to catch it, but I was too late. Jonas fell, caught the vase, and crashed it as he rolled on the floor. It was broken into a thousand pieces. Luckily, there were no alarms, but we were both panicking. Any moment, someone might walk in. I put aside our rivalry and told him I would help him. Quick, uh, hand me those pieces! What? Huh? Hand me those pieces so I can hide them. I'll cover for you. I'll tell them we didn't see anything. We have to get out of here. Now! I gathered every little piece I could find and put it in my bag. But then, that very same moment, the owner of the museum appeared. Behind him was our classmate, Carol. She was shocked when she saw me holding the broken pieces of the vase. I tried to explain, but Jonas blurted out immediately. It was him! He was gonna hide it, too! I told him not to hide any of it, but he didn't want to get into trouble! And with just that one statement, I was found guilty. They didn't even need to investigate it. After all, they caught me red-handed. The very next day, my parents were called in by the principal, and I got a world of hurt. Carol's dad demanded that we pay for the damages. I wanted to tell them all that it was Jonas. But who would believe me? I was the one holding the broken pieces when they found me. That night, Mom and Dad berated me for a solid two hours. How dare you get us into this much trouble? Do you know how long it will take me and your mother to pay back $50,000? Mom, Dad, it, it wasn't me. Stop lying! Now go upstairs and think about what you did. Just for this, you won't get any birthday or Christmas presents. As if I ever got any in the first place. If I said that out loud, I would have gotten grounded for ages. My parents forced me to hand over every penny I made, seeing how I needed to pay for the broken vase myself. I got depressed. I was really looking forward to being out of the house as soon as possible. That was when Carol approached me at school. What's wrong, James? You seem down these past few days. Oh, 
besides the fact that I owe your dad 50 grand? Not much. My parents are working me twice as hard now. I refuse to pay for it. I'm sorry. I tried to ask my dad to let you off the hook, but he never listens to me. I wish anyone would have listened to me. It was Jonas who broke it. You know what? I might just have a solution. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. That intrigued me. So I asked what Carol had in mind. My dad's been trying to get me to marry this douche. We've known each other since we were four. Our families arranged for us to be engaged when I turned 16, and we would get married the moment I turned 18. I don't want to go through with it, but my dad never listens. My fiancé is awful. Plus, he's like 10 years older. I haven't even seen him in years. So... What do you want me to do about it? Meet me at the Red Ribbon Diner at 5 tomorrow. Tell your parents you'll be gone for the week. Tell them you're going to go to a friend's party to kick off the summer holidays or something. I dressed as nicely as I could, not knowing what we'd be up to. I brought a change of clothes, and as soon as I got there, Carol handed me a thick envelope. And when I looked into it, my jaw dropped. There must have been at least 10,000 bucks in there. <laughs> what the... That's just for this weekend. I'll give you double that if we pull this off. Carol drove us to a villa by the sea. It was huge and extravagant. I'd never been in a house that expensive. She told me I was going to stay there for the summer, and given that my parents didn't care where I was, I said yes. She told me she needed my help. Her parents were going to arrive in the neighboring villa soon, and that I would pretend to be her boyfriend for the whole summer just to annoy her family and her billionaire fiancé. If we got the fiancé to call the wedding off, she'd pay me 40 grand more. That would take my money up to 60, enough to pay her dad and to have a bit of change for me to leave home. I acted like the biggest douche there ever was. When we went to meet her family, her dad was so red, he'd think he was about to blow steam out of his ears. The fiancé was taken aback by the fact that her fiancé had a boyfriend. And I put on the best performance of my life. I talked non-stop about myself. I would keep kissing Carol in front of everyone. Carol bought me expensive clothes and the tackiest watches and jewelry. And I wore them all. I spit at the table. I made gross noises while having dinner with her family. And best of all, when I told her I love her, I'd look straight in her fiancé's eyes and wink at him rubbing it in his face that his girl was mine. That dinner ended in chaos. The fiancé, humiliated by all that, threw his glass on the floor. I don't know what you're playing at, Mr. Eggenman, but your daughter clearly has no intent to be faithful to me. I'm calling off the wedding. My father will hear about this disrespect. The merger between our companies is done. I never want to see you or your daughter ever again. He left in a huff, throwing a tantrum like a baby, and Carol's dad's face was unexplainable. Her mom was almost in tears at how horrible I was behaving at the dinner table, and her brothers and sisters were all taking videos of the whole thing. Please, Carol, I give up. Please, break up with this oaf! I'm begging you, take anyone, anyone but him! I went home after the summer, 60,000 richer. Yep, her dad let me off the hook just so I would leave his daughter alone. And I gotta keep all the money from Carol. The problem was, my stepmom found the wad of cash when she was cleaning my room. And I had to fess up to her. I thought she would scream at me. Instead, she had a mischievous glint in her eyes. You know, I've been asking your dad for a trip to the Bahamas for ages... But he never budges. So, here's my plan. My stepmom wanted me to start dating my stepsister. In her mind, if I did something so grotesque, she could convince Dad to give her anything if she put a stop to it. I said yes, of course, given that she was prepared to offer me ten grand, and just to get her off my back. 
Unfortunately, when Dad found out, it wasn't the result we were hoping for. He threw me out of the house, and my stepmom didn't pay me. But that summer, I found out there was a niche in the market I could fill. So I started my very own rent-a-boyfriend agency. At first, it was just me. I would go out on dates with lonely girls or girls who had to go to events and needed an arm candy. I made so much money, I even got to pay for college. That was when my business really boomed. My dorm mates found out what I was doing and they wanted in, and I hired them. They paid me 10% of their earnings. Valentine's and Christmas were our busiest times. In my senior year, my company took in hundred grand in profit during Valentine's Day alone. But that year, we almost shut down. Because guess what? Remember Jonas? My rival? Well, he's been stalking me. And now, he works in the same business. Once again, we were rivals. He tried to spread rumors about my company, telling everyone I stole his idea. Jonas was a smooth talker, and a lot of people believed him. So, I had to take him down. I sneaked into his offices one night, and with the help of my guys, we hacked his computer and downloaded his entire client list. That night, I sent them 50% off coupons for my company. And once they'd experienced how our services were much better, and that I taught my guys how to listen and act like the perfect gentleman, they switched to us entirely. Jonas's company went into the ground. It was around that time that Carol came back into my life. I looked for you at your old house. They said you haven't been there in years. Oh, yeah. What brings you all the way here? Well, I heard you run a business now. I'm finally free of my dad, by the way. I was wondering if you'd do one last job for me. What is it? For you? Anything. Free of charge. See... I was wondering if you'd pretend to be my boyfriend again. Of course! But this time? Forever. So now, Carol and I are married. And I don't go out to clients anymore. I only run the business. As was our deal, Carol is now my one and only client. Hi everyone, I'm Aiden. I'm going through the worst time of my life. I know this sounds awful, but I spent all of my parents' money on mobile games. I really wish I hadn't. I want to tell you my story so you won't make the same mistakes as me. On my 13th birthday, my parents presented me with a huge gift box. My dad said, Aiden, we love you so much, you really deserve this present. I opened the box right away. It was a PlayStation 4. For most kids my age, this would have been a dream gift, but I wasn't happy. I told my parents, you don't know me at all. When was the last time you saw me playing a video game? Of course, that really hurt them. Back then, I wasn't into video games at all. For me, sitting in front of a screen and hitting buttons for hours seemed really stupid. I looked down on gamers. I was angry at my parents for thinking I was one of those kids. Obviously, they didn't deserve such a reaction. My parents aren't rich, so I was aware that it wasn't easy for them to get me such an expensive gift. But, as I said earlier, for some reason I used to hate video games back then. After a few weeks, when my dad saw that I didn't even touch that PlayStation, he sold it on eBay. I liked playing outside. My best friend Sean lived nearby. We'd always hang out together. Back then, I didn't even have a cell phone, but Sean had not only a phone, but also a tablet and a laptop. But he wasn't into video games either. We'd usually play basketball in his backyard or ride our bikes around the lake. One day, something happened. We were racing each other to the lake. The road was slippery and Sean lost control of his bike and crashed into a tree. He was taken to a hospital where the doctors found fractures in both of his legs. That meant he wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a long time. I visited Sean every day after school. We usually watched something online. Meanwhile, Sean got into Minecraft as a way to pass the time. He got hooked really quickly. He would keep playing even while I was visiting him, so I would just sit there and watch him. I'd heard of Minecraft, but I had no idea what it was all about. It was a really fun game. Just like Sean, I was quickly hooked. I would rush to his place after school. And we'd played Minecraft together for hours. 
I really wanted to play at home as well, but the only electronic device I owned was a laptop I got from my cousin when he went away to college and it was too old for Minecraft. I had to find another solution fast. My dad is an ambulance driver and my mom is a nurse in the emergency room. Their jobs required both of them to work several night shifts each week. Because they were so tired from working all night, they spent almost all day sleeping. One morning, I ran into my mom as I was leaving for school. She was coming home from her shift. I'm so exhausted, I need to get some sleep, she said, and gave me a kiss. I went to Sean's after school. We played Minecraft for hours, as usual. Then I came home. My mom was still asleep. I realized that I could play Minecraft on her phone. I couldn't see her phone lying around, so I went into her bedroom. My mom is a deep sleeper. She didn't hear me come in. I took her phone and went back to my room. I unlocked her phone because I knew her code and downloaded the trial version of Minecraft. I played all night. I was in such a good mood, I decided I would play whenever my mom was asleep. But the trial version was only good for a month. What would happen then? I couldn't ask my parents to buy me the game after the way I reacted when they bought me the PlayStation. For days after my birthday, I would tease them, saying, what will you get me next year, an Xbox or a Nintendo? Now there was no way I could ask them to buy me Minecraft. I checked the Play Store to see how much it cost. It wasn't that expensive. I could hit buy and download it just like that. I could barely stop myself. I was wondering if my mom was checking all the transactions on her credit card statement. It wouldn't be a big purchase. She might not even notice it. I decided to go for it. I pressed buy. However, I got an alert on the phone saying, confirm fingerprint to continue. No way! It turned out I needed my mom's fingerprint to complete the payment process, and only my mom could do that. I was devastated that I couldn't buy the game, but that was it. I had to go back to playing Minecraft. At least, I could keep playing the trial version for a month. Then, unfortunately, I had a terrible idea. I could just use my mom's finger while she was sleeping. I was sure she wouldn't even notice and sleep through it. Once my grandmother called my mom while she was sleeping after working the night shift, she didn't hear her phone even though it was right next to her. Finally, I went into the bedroom and answered it myself. You see, when my mom works the night shift, she goes into this really deep sleep the next day, and I was going to take advantage of that. I went into the bedroom. Mom was sleeping like a baby. I took her finger very carefully and pressed it against the phone. Bingo! The purchase went through. My mom was still sleeping. That day, I was so proud of myself for thinking of this, but I really regret it now. Sean had soon recovered from his accident, but we weren't going outside anymore because we were both addicted to games. All we did was play. Sean's family was well off, so he didn't have the same problems with money. He could buy any game he wanted. He could also do as many in-game purchases as he liked. I, on the other hand, was only able to play the free games. One night, I was playing Clash of Clans on my mom's phone. I was really annoyed. I couldn't get to the same level as Sean because I couldn't spend money. I decided to do the same thing I did for Minecraft. My mom had worked the night before, so she was passed out. I could pull off the same trick again. And I did. I went into her bedroom. I took my mom's finger gently and pressed it against the phone, just like the last time the payment went through. Clash of Clans cost quite a bit more than Minecraft. But still, my mom didn't say anything about it. Apparently, she wasn't checking her credit card transactions. I was relieved when I realized I wasn't going to get caught. There was another game I was curious about. It was time to buy that one. Do I need to spell it out? I used the same method, and it was as easy as pie. For a while, I didn't buy anything else, but I couldn't stop myself for long. It was as if I had the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. The devil kept saying, It's so easy. You can spend as much money on games as you want. Go ahead, do it. Pushing me to do it again, the angel was saying, if you get caught, your family would be so upset. This is wrong. Don't waste money on games. As you might have guessed, I listened to the devil. That night, I bought four more games. I was now just like Sean. I could spend as much money as I wanted. I was feeling so great about myself. My mom doesn't know much about technology, but I still wanted to be careful. I put all the games I downloaded on her phone into a folder. Then, using an app, I set a password to protect the folder so my mom would never be able to see any games on her phone. From then on, I completely lost control. I was looking forward to my mom's night shifts. I was buying 20 different games while she was asleep. 
I was spending hundreds of dollars each time and my poor mom had no idea. I bought a ton of games over several months. Because of my parents' night shifts, we almost never ate dinner together. One night, all three of us were at the table. My mom looked really happy. She said, Aiden, we have important news for you. Your dad and I quit our jobs at the hospital today. We're planning to start a retirement home. We are going to have a family business. I was so surprised. My dad smiled and said, This was our biggest dream. We've been saving for this for years and we've finally found the courage to go through with it. I was getting really excited too. I said, This is great news and hugged them both. But the next day when I came home, my mom was crying. I said, Mom, what's wrong? She didn't answer. My dad was so angry with me. You destroyed us. How could you do something so irresponsible? I'm going to disown you. You cannot be my son. You're not my son, he yelled. I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, Mom, what's going on? My mom explained, We went to the bank today. We wanted to get some money to incorporate our business. But you spent all the money we've saved on games. Because it was a debit card, I wasn't receiving any statements from the bank. We were shocked when the bank clerk said I had only $37 in my account. I couldn't believe it. I said, Mom, I couldn't have spent all of the money. What's a debit card? How is it different from a credit card? Mom said, Unlike a credit card, a debit card has no spending limit. The debit card that was linked to the Play Store was directly connected to my bank account. All of our money was in that account. You spent it all. We just quit our jobs. What are we going to do now? And started crying again. Even though this sounds incredible, this is exactly what happened. I spent all the money my family has worked for years to save on mobile games. My parents have refused to talk to me since that day. Even if they're able to forgive me one day, I know I will always feel guilty. I still can't believe I was able to do something so terrible. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.